Am I live now? I'm absolutely live right now. And we've got our call coming in right now from Andrew Santini. How am I saying it? Santino. Andrew Santino. Hold on. Hello? Hello. Hello. Is this Andrew? Yes. Andrew, is this you? Uh, is this you, Andrew? <laughs> Andrew, is this? Yes. <laughs> You're not like a, you're not, you're not trying to sell it. This is not a land deal, right? This is not someone calling us in saying, hey, you can get a great deal on land. And there's, ladies and gentlemen, you know who's on the phone right now? I know, even though I'm pretending I'm not, I do. We have Andrew Santino, who is at one of our all-time favorite clubs, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. He's there tonight for two shows, Saturday for two shows, Sunday for one show. How are you, buddy? I'm very good. Thank you very much. I'm actually calling about a land deal, to be honest with you. Not only am I doing stand-up, I'm also selling a lot of real estate here. So I am calling about a couple of timeshares I want to sell you. But we'll get to that later, okay? Andrew, have you ever gone on a timeshare presentation? No. Oh, my God, no. No. You, you, you hear about it one time and you learn. You don't do that. You stay as far away from that as possible. I've never, ever done that. You couldn't do me into doing something like that. <laughs> Not I. Not I. You know, uh, uh, I've actually done them where they've called me up and say, we'll give you a trip or we'll give you a radio or we'll give you this. And I've actually gone and looked at them and go, I'm going to sit here and listen to you for 90 minutes, but I'm not buying anything from you. And just to watch them crumble as they realize that they're not going to make a sale with me. But uh, I've done them just for fun. I go, all right, let's, let's see what this guy's pitch is. Uh, I tell you what I want to talk to you about right away, okay? Uh, because yeah. we, uh, we just had in studio Rich Scheidner. Uh, who has written the book, uh, Kicking Through the Ashes, My Life in the Stand-Up Comedy, 1980s, boom. Uh, you know, uh, a great book on it. You're involved in a project that has something to do with the sta- with stand-up comedy. Isn't that correct? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I, I finished shooting a Showtime series uh, that's produced by Jim Carrey. That's going to come out uh, in June on Showtime. It's called I'm Dying Up Here, also based on a book uh, written by uh, William Nossetter, who... Uh, Wrote a book about uh, kind of growing up in the in the heyday age of the beginnings of stand up comedy in the 1970s in Los Angeles, and uh, it's a it's a it's a great show. It'll come out in June, um, and it takes place in 1973. Melissa Leo's in it, Oscar award winning uh, Melissa Leo, uh, myself, Ari Grainer, Eric Griffin, and Al Madrigal, who are also stand ups, are on it. Um, yeah, and it's uh, I'm re- I'm really proud of this one. It's about kind of the world that existed, those clawing for airtime to get on Carson, the, you know, the fight to uh, to try to make it in Los Angeles in the very beginnings when, you know, competition was so stiff, there was only one way to get on, and that was The Tonight Show. So uh, we kind of... Uh, and, and the doorway to that was, was the comedy store, was the original room. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. So this kind of, our, our show um, pays homage, so to speak, to the, uh, to the comedy store. We are you know, based on um, the comedy store, but we don't call our club comedy store. And you know, there's been a separation of uh, of us and the physical club, as well as the comedians that are on the show. We kind of tip our hats to the ones that came before us, but we're not uh, directly derivative. So you know, I'm based on a character. Can you tell us which character you're based on? My character was kind of pulled together. Bill Hicks is kind of the was the inspiration for my character. He's very sardonic and dark, and very blue, and kind of has a jaded sense of the world. And um, we have a girl Ari Grainer who kind of plays every woman from that era, but you know, specifically like a known type. 
underrated character. Um, we've got a young a young kid named R.J. Seiler who uh, who's in the new Power Rangers movie, which is insane. And he he plays kind of a young what would be maybe Eddie Murphy or you know an amalgamation of him and Pryor kind of combined. Um, so we all kind of we're tipping our hat to the greats and we're playing people based on the greats, but. We didn't want to say we were playing those people directly because we didn't want the criticism of, sure, you know, oh, he doesn't look exactly, he doesn't look exactly like the guy, or, you know, he doesn't sound like them. So that was kind of our, was kind of our, our way into it. Well, I'm really looking forward to this even more now. I was looking forward to it uh, uh, to begin with. That um, I know the book and uh, um, I know many of the people uh, in the book and uh, uh, Tom Dreesen, who was uh, uh, an important part of uh, the research for that book. Uh, who I knew yeah. back in the day, and who we were able to interview here uh, about a year ago. Uh, we had a lot of and I, uh, talk about I'm dying up here, and uh, I'm very fascinated by the fact you're playing Bill Hicks because Bill Hicks was one of uh, my very closest friends. Or you played a character based on Bill Hicks, you know that he was. One yeah, of, that's yeah. right. That's, yeah, yeah. I met Bill uh, um, in. Uh, we had the same road manager in the uh, late '80s when I was touring, and his road manager was trying to convince me to let him uh, ride drive with me. And uh, 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 and I wouldn't let him because I heard he was getting high and on dope and all that kind of stuff. And I was clean. And she said he's clean. And, they, we, and we became best friends up till the day he died. So um, that's a great, I, you know, I, it's a story that definitely has to be t- told. Now, who's playing the uh, the character based on Mitzi? That's, uh, that's uh, Oscar award-winning Melissa Leo. She's going to be, uh, she plays... Uh she plays a character called Goldie. Goldie is okay. uh, our rendition of such. And um, she's brilliant, man. She is probably one of the best uh, actors I've ever worked with in my life. She's incredibly smart, and she took the lead very well. And, you know, it was like she was the mother hen to all these young young comics, which is, you know, what, what Mitzi was. And that's what uh, Melissa was as Goldie, as, as an actor, and also as a person. I mean, she's... She was really smart and knew how to wrangle us, and, and you know, it's a bunch of goof-off comics, so it got out of control often when we're joking around in a comedy club, because even though we're on set, you know, we're still at a comedy club, so we're going to let it we're gonna let it fly, and we're, you know, make fun of each other, a dog on one another, and, you know, she would always wrangle us in, and it, it was super surreal. It was extremely surreal living and working in a comedy club being a stand-up, even though... You know, it's a manufactured comedy club on a soundstage. Sure. But you know, Al, Al and Eric are, are both, you know, very funny comics. I remember watching Eric kind of uh, uh, kind of create, you know, to begin, uh, had his beginning over at uh, over at Jack Asadorian's Ha Ha, you know, and, and to watch him uh, move yeah. forward like that was uh, was just fantastic. And uh, I believe have we I believe we've uh, interviewed Al. So we're really looking forward to this. Um, were any of the comics from that era hanging around at the time? Did you... Um, uh, did you uh, uh, were you able to speak to anybody like Argus Hamilton, who's still at the store and was there at the beginning? Or yeah, you know, I see those guys. I mean, I see guys like Argus because I'm a, I'm a regular at the store. All three of us, Al, Eric, and I are all regulars at the store, and that's kind of our home club. So, you know, we see all those guys a lot, and I see Tom a lot, and I've spoken to um, to Dreesen often because he, you know, he still um, he still comes around, and we chat about it, and you know, those guys are still kind of always in the in the zeitgeist of, of our world, you know, we see each other, you know, at night, uh, you know, on, on the prowl for, for work, but we, um, but no, I mean, you know, Jim Carrey is the, it was the EP and Jim was a real integral part of, you know, lending a lot of his life stories, um, to create a lot of great narrative for the show. And, uh, 
he did a wonderful job of kind of dedicating his time and his mind, um, you know, and, and, and a lot of it's kind of based on what Jim went through moving, you know, from Canada, Los Angeles and where he slept and where he lived and his interactions with dating at that time in his life. And, you know, we kind of use those stories and we pull them in and assign them to each character on the show. So it's really a look into his world, um, as a, as a startup standup, as a young kid in, in LA, but you know, no, they didn't bring in a ton of other people. We had a lot of extremely, um, you know, talented writers on the show. It was a huge writing room of people that had written on, you know, every great show you've ever heard of. Um, and a lot of, you know, consulting writers who have been around since that time and wrote for people like the, you know, Carson and the Tonight Show and all that stuff and guys who have had experience living in those worlds in the 70s. So it was a great mix of um, great writing and, and, uh, and, we, and we got a lot of great help from, you know, a lot of people that Jim kind of reached out to and, and, and helped formulate the show to begin with. So I, it's got, I'm real proud of it. It's got to be it's yeah, got to be a fantastically cool experience. I mean, that you uh, uh, you're originally from where, Andrew? I'm, I'm from Chicago, Illinois. You're from Chicago, Illinois. You're from mid Midwest, and so you're a Midwestern yeah. guy. You come out to Los Angeles. You know, uh, you end up at the Comedy Store, which is already fabled and legendary and famous. And now you get to you get to be intermixed with people that you probably watch on television. And now you are part of what is basically going to be uh, part of the recorded history of that place. So at three different levels, it had to be just an ungodly cool experience. It really is, you know. And I was uh, I feel very fortunate of uh, a lot of hard work paying off, you know. And I've been uh, hustling in LA for uh, about a decade now, and. Uh, you know, a, a lot of you got to put in a lot of footwork. I think people don't know that, and I think that's the beauty of what our show is going to show uh, to the world. Is you know, stand-up comics don't just make it overnight. You know, it takes a long time, and it's a lot of effort, and a lot of work, and a lot of heartache, and a lot of heartbreak. And we show that. We love to show the side that people don't know about. You know, everyone sees the clown on stage, but you got to see what's going on behind the scenes. And Showtime uh, kind of let Michael Aguilar, executive producer Jim Carrey, and Dave Labatt kind of go nuts and and let them create this authentic world for us to play in and uh yeah it, it, uh, it comes out june 4th and my showtime stand-up hour special comes out june 2nd the same weekend so you're doubling up they're gonna cross promote the hell out of it and we'll we'll see it uh people will watch the special and then they'll watch the show this this isn't your first special though is it didn't you do something prior to this yeah, this is well. This is my first hour long. Um, I've done uh, I've done a lot of different TV spots. I've done I did late night with Conan. Um, I've been on Kimmel. Uh, I did a half an hour for Comedy Central. Yeah, um, and a few other spots for Comedy Central. But this is my first hour long special on TV for Showtime. So, and th is this your first so, time with us in Phoenix? No, you know this is my second time at the club. But I came to the club. Um, when it first opened, Rick asked me to come when it first opened because I love the Bronsons, they're the best, and I go to their other clubs. And uh, I, I came here when it first opened, and, you know, they were just kind of putting the puzzle pieces together. And then he asked me to come on back, and I said, of course, I'd love to because I have an affinity for the desert. I love golf, and I went to Arizona State. So this is my place. Ah, okay. I'm a sun devil. I'm, I'm back. I'm coming back. All right. Well, you know what? You just uh, you probably just upped your attendance uh, by mentioning that tonight alone. Uh, I, well, or, or I, or I, uh, or I made it go down because nobody wants to, nobody wants to see me come back. Maybe that. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> but uh, no, it's I, I, I have an affinity for for Arizona. I, I, I actually I have a 
warm place in my heart for, 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 you know, for Phoenix and, uh, being a kid who went here and graduated here and I love coming back. And, uh, yeah, when I got the opportunity to come back and play the club, I was like, this is going to be great. I'll, you know, go hit the sticks and go have some fun at the club and hopefully people will want to come out and have a really good weekend. And I'll, uh, if, if, if it's not funny, um, I'll get naked for everybody. I promise. I promise that to the fans. If they don't like it at some point, I'll just start the strip show because it's just what I do. It's in my You're going to entertain one way or another. We'll That's sing, exactly we'll dance. Right. We'll. Can you think of anybody who's got a more of a, a geographically bipolar uh, comedy club chain than Rick Bronson? You know? No, no, no. <laughs> he, it's almost as if he threw a dart at, at a map, and that's where he ended up. It's, uh, Edmonton, where they're from, here, Minneapolis, they're just, they're just going where they go. I think it's maybe he's got a psychic that tells him this. <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know how he formulates his patterns, but... Uh, Either way, I love it. It's a fantastic club, um, and uh, I can't wait for this weekend. we got two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow, one on Sunday, and it's going to be a banger. It's, it's really going to be a fun time. The, uh, the host and the opener are, are two extremely funny guys as well. So, And who, who is, who's hosted and opening for you this weekend? Uh, Chris, I think it's Steros and Matt Broom. Oh, Matt Broom, fantastic. I mean, I, I know most of the local guys here. Yeah. Matt is a very good – you know, I was uh, – um, I was up at Rick's club uh, the first time I met him when he was building the club, and it was just it was just girders and stuff. And his attention to detail, down to the finest thing, then all the way up till now, really shows. I've often told people that you know sometimes you walk into a place, you go, "We're not going to have any fun." I mean, nothing's even happened yet. You walked in and go, "I don't like this place." Are you walking to a place and go, "This is going to be a fun place"? His place is certainly one of those. As soon as you walk in, you go, "We're going to have a great time." And then when you see oh, the, yeah. when you see the level of talent that that they put on the stage, it doubles it up. Beautiful showroom in a beautiful area. At the same time, not so ungodly expensive. It's not like going from say Azusa to Beverly Hills, you know, and going, oh my God, we can't even afford to get an appetizer. Affordable, right. high end, gorgeous place. You could go up there early and hang out on that whole entertainment district street where that club is and have a great, great time. Yeah, you're selling them, man. That high street's a great little spot. There's restaurants and bars, and I say get a little bit of food in if you want, and then come over and have a ton of drinks and and get some laughs and relax and and let it go. Don't bring any of your reservations to the table. You know, come have a good time, and uh, and I, I just feel like now is the time for comedy more than ever. You know, the world is a little strange and people are divided, but I think laughter is the only thing that we've got left to make us feel uh, like human beings. So. It, 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 it is it is what's kind of holding some things together. We, you know, we have to be able to laugh at this. And you're right. And in so many comics, you know, uh, at the beginning of um, uh, this uh, election cycle, someone said to me uh, about, like, Donald Trump. They go, well, if he's elected, then you'll have, uh, you'll have uh, uh, job security. I go, I'm looking forward to the job being more difficult. But uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, right. it's not right now. It's pretty. I find myself no. hourly going. All right, that joke doesn't. That joke won't work anymore because of what happened. In, the joke I wrote at eleven a.m. is not going to work at noon because of noon. And right. then the joke I wrote at noon is totally blown out of the water by what happened at two p.m. It's it's it, it is a fast moving time. We thought uh, we thought George Bush said uh, funny stuff. I mean, we had no idea what we were in for. If we could have looked into our crystal orb and found out how unpredictable Donald Trump's rhetoric was, we would have been blown out of the water. People used to think George Bush said. Uh, funny flubs. Uh, Donald Trump is like the best soundbite in the history of comedy. He says so many things that are so easily pick apartable and fun. You know, and you gotta, I, I'm not a big political guy, and 
I just like to make fun of the culture of what's happening right now socially in the world. And, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, I think you have to. I think you have to mock the times, and that's the only way to get through them and, and have a good time, you know? And get through them, we will, man. And one of the ways we can get through them is coming down and seeing you tonight for two shows, Saturday for two shows. And you do it. You're not big shouting, Rick. You're going to do the Sunday show. Even though, That's you, right. even, though you got, even though you got you got your own series and your own special, you're not going to big shot your old buddy. You're going to do the Sunday show. That's exactly right. Well, in fact, I'll, I'll tell you why. To be honest, I'm playing golf again on Sunday. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Rick, Rick knows. Rick knows that that. Uh, Rick knows he could drag me out here. I said I'll stay. I can golf. It's great. It's worth it. So I'm in. I'm down and. Uh, I I, uh, I am I am ready to have a good time tonight, tomorrow, on Sunday, and I want people to come out and have a good time as well. And uh, let's get ready to party, man. Well, we've watched some of your stuff on video, man, and we go uh, we go definitely. This guy is someone who we're going to recommend to people, and so we are recommending you, sir. We recommend people come down to see uh, come down to see your show. By the way, if you want to maybe pick up a couple a couple of free passes, if you friend me on Facebook, not you, you can friend me if you'd like to, Andrew. But I'm talking to the other okay. folks out there. Uh, friend me on on Facebook, or if you're already my friend, one of the many people there are, Tony Visick V I C I C H, and you send me a private message. I might be able to hook you up with a couple of passes for one of these great weekend shows, buddy. I thank you. So I'm so looking forward to this series. You know, we've been talking about it. Uh, uh, some of us, I know so many people from that era, you know, so many of those people were good friends of mine and we're just looking forward to see what you guys do with it. Just talking to you has made me even more excited about it and your special, your special June 2nd and I'm dying up here premiering on Showtime June 4th. Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I'll, uh, I'll see everyone that comes out this weekend, come say they uh, heard me talk to you and I'll give them a big hug and maybe, uh, take a shot with them. <laughs> All right. You know what? Have a bunch of shots, and then I'll play you golf the next day for money. Andrew Santino, ladies and gentlemen. Andrew Santino at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. Thank you, sir. And we will be right back. You're listening to This American Podcast Comedy Edition on ComedySchoolsRadio.com.